Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Lan, we're almost there! We have to get back to everyone, fast! I'm sure that Mail and the others are worried about us. Yeah. Whoa! It's a part of Alpha! It's still alive! Whoa! Lan! Lan! Huh? Mega Man? <gasps> Lan, are you awake? Mega Man, where are we? It's pitch black and I can't move. We're in Alpha, I think. We've been in here for some time. I can feel Alpha creeping inside of me. Class is in session, and today we're jacking in with good vibes and program advances. As always, I'm your host, Scott White, also known as Professor RPG, and this week I have the pleasure of welcoming to the university the professional net battler from Good Vibes Gaming, Ash Paulson, to look back on Mega Man Battle Network 3. How's it going, Ash? Well, I am great now because I've just been called a professional net battler for there the first go. time in my life. So, wow, thank you for the honor and thank you for doing me the honor of uh, inviting me onto your show. I know we've been trying to do this for so long and I am so appreciate your patience. No, it, it's been great. I love your all your content over there at Good Vibes and um, we see each other briefly at PAX and different conventions and it's great yes. to finally be able to sit down and nerd out a bit without the hectic nature of having to run to appointments and type up a bunch of different articles and things um on crappy convention center wi-fi so this is i this is hear lovely. that <laughs> I, I don't you love it when cra the crappy convention center wi-fi is actually better than the media room dedicated wi-fi oh i know it's <laughs> it's lovely all yeah. the oh yeah that's that's always a fun fun adventure and even in the i feel like in the media rooms you have spotty parts where the wi-fi just won't work too it's it's a whole experience yeah that's for sure but we are here not to talk about conventions fun as they are but we are here to talk about the third entry in the Mega Man battle network franchise released over in the west as white and blue versions they stole that idea from uh the pokemon franchise um it was originally released, so in Japan, I didn't actually know this for a while, but in Japan, this initially released on December 6, 2002, but as a single version. There was no split version in Japan. Um, and then a little later in 2003, on March 28, they released kind of a, a fixed version, changing bugs, adding a couple little right. things, and this was Battle Network 3 Black. But then we eventually got over here the North in North America and PAL regions, um, white and blue versions. In North America, it released on June 24th, 2003, and in the PAL regions on July 4th, 2003. Um, taking a lot of the things that the fixes that were in Battle Network Black, 3 Black, but then adding and doing the whole version exclusive dance and whatnot. But 2003 was kind of 
a stacked year. So some other games you might have been playing, Listener and Ash, include Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, Warcraft 3, The Frozen Throne, Simpsons Hit and Run, Final Fantasy X-2, Beautiful Joe, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, and Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, just to name a few. So pretty good year. Definitely a good year. I was certainly playing uh, a few of those. I was playing uh, Final Fantasy X-2 for sure, mm-hmm. uh, Superstar Saga, FF Tactics Advance. Uh, of, of the ones on list on this list, those are the three I was mainly playing. Oh, and Beautiful Joe. I, I played me some Beautiful Joe as well, but those are the main four that I yeah. played uh, from this list. And yeah, 2003 was a was a good... Oh, yeah, and, and wasn't The Wind Waker also 2003? I think so. Well, I that would be was. the big one for me, because The Wind Waker is, is my favorite 3D Zelda to this day. So, so good. That would be the big one for me. Yeah, I think The Wind Waker is 2003. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, for like these lists, I usually just do uh, video games that release in X year. So it's just a random list with box art. So sometimes things get missed, but uh, gotcha. yeah, gotcha. I believe Wind Waker was also 2003. Lovely game. I remember I played, I remember renting a lot Sands of Time. I thought that was a lot of fun, Prince of Persia. Um, like you really, really enjoyed Final Fantasy X too. Has its kind of weird oddities, but overall it has one of my favorite combat systems in the Final Fantasy game. Tactics Advance was yeah. fantastic. Love Beautiful Joe. Would love to see that come back. And I will always associate KOTOR with when I had my wisdom teeth out and watching my older brother play it while I was that in this sense. like painkiller haze lying on the couch, which oh, really geez. added added to the Star Wars KOTOR experience, I have to say. You know what's uh, what's funny is that also, for better and worse, there was another Mega Man release this very year, earlier than Battle Network 3, and that is the GBA version of Mega Man Mega Bass. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, and I say for better and worse because, you know, Mega Man and Bass, not the worst game, but the GBA version is uh, too, not enough screen space to see what jumps yeah. you're making. It makes a hard game even more difficult. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah. We are here to talk about some Battle Network. So give us a quick rundown, Ash, of your kind of history with the Battle Network franchise. And like by Battle Network 3, were you like, were you hooked on the franchise? Or were I, you, had you not really dove in yet? Oh, I was absolutely hooked by then. So so it started for me with, uh, of course, the original Battle Network. You know, I had gone mm-hmm. into the GTA years as a giant Mega Man fan already. I mean, I got into Mega Man with Mega Man Classic. Yeah, I'm not even a bigger fan with X. Uh, you know, so by the time Battle Network rolled around, I was already a huge Mega Man fan, and I, I knew there was this new series starting on GBA, so I was there day one for it. And what's funny is that originally I kind of bounced off of it, and not necessarily because I wasn't into RPGs. I was, as mm-hmm. evidenced by my playing FF10 too, but for whatever reason, it just didn't click with me at first. So I, I got it when it came out, played a little bit of it and just kind of bounced off for a few months. And I, I just kind of just didn't go back to it. And then I was like, I guess some undefined amount of time later, I think probably several months, I was like, you know, so many people say this game is great. I don't know, but I got to give it another shot. I really just have to really dedicate myself, give it a good chunk of time and not nope out too quickly. And so I went back to it, started a new game and it clicked. I don't know what the difference was. I think maybe I just gave it enough time Mm-hmm. to get its hooks in me and then i i got to a certain point in the story i don't know exactly which what what it was but it may have been around the colorman.exe scenario mm-hmm. and for whatever reason 
it got its hooks in me and I could not put it down from that point on. I got super into the story, <laughs> the characters, the battle system, the soundtrack. I just, I loved everything about it all of a sudden. And then from that point on, I was a dyed in the wool battle network fan, got each new game on day one played through. I, I associate those as each new game in the series with each of my summers as a teenager, mm -hmm. really, yeah. because you know, I'm, I'm an old, unfortunately. So I was in my teenage years when these games came out and um, I, you know, they come it came out around June of every year in the, in the U S and so I would associate every one of my like teenage summers, just kind of with a new battle network game mm -hmm. just to look forward to and playing it over the summer. Yeah. I remember the first battle network game was the first game boy advance game I bought. It was right after Christmas. So that Christmas early on, um, I got in my, my horizontal, like my gen one clear purple Game Boy Advance nice. circle of the moon and golden sun. And then later on, like with Christmas money or something, I picked up the original battle network. Cause like you, I grew up with the original Mega Man. Mega Man X is by far my favorite game of all time. I can always go back to that. The original X game just for a oh, good yeah. time. I love that game. And this was such a departure uh, from the traditional formula. I bounced. I think I bounced off it a little bit as well. And I almost want to say it wasn't until the uh, marketing really started with for Battle Network Two that I was like, okay, I'm going to go back and invest time into the first Battle Network. That I really like. I had that aha moment, and then, mm -hmm. like you, I was hooked from from then on. I followed it, and even still to this day, even though emulation is everywhere and we have the legacy collection this is like the one franchise that i feel i need to have every version of like i need yeah. every cart and just for that sake like to put a little display on the wall i love these um i we've talked a little bit in twitter dms sharing the fantastic kotobuki and Mega Man model kits for um megaman.exe or the x2 armor it's like the, these games have such a fond memory um, and hold on me. And I mean, this was the first game with the two versions. So it's like, oh man, what if we choose? Right. It was, it was wild. I, I will say I'm not, I'm not, uh, I guess, hardcore enough that I got both versions of, of all, of all the games with two versions. I definitely did pick my favorite of, of yeah. each one in terms of like what color or character I like more. So for me, that was, I got Battle Network 3 Blue mm -hmm. and I got Battle Network 4 Blue Moon and then Battle Network 5 Team Proto Man, and then Battle Network 6 Team Falzar. I just kind of went with what appealed to me most yeah. aesthetically, I guess, um, or character-wise in Proto Man's case. Um, but but yeah, so I only have one of each version, and I don't even know, they're somewhere in storage. <laughs> I don't know where they are right now. Uh, but it's really cool having access to them via the Legacy Collection. What I am going to eventually chip away at replaying these games in the Legacy Collection as I am able. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, you know, the, as you and I both know, these games can be quite the time sink. And um, one thing I was kind of hoping for that with the legacy collections, they kind of go almost all the way there with the Buster Max mode. And I really appreciate that because you can just blast Very through all the random battles because the encounter rate, as much as I love these games, the encounter rate is too high. Mm -hmm. And I kind of was hoping for an encounter toggle, but Buster Max is probably the next best thing. Yeah, I think they handled it uh, really well. The Buster Max makes it so much easier just for the grinding. Like I love being yeah. able to remain and keep kind of the challenge of the bosses same 
but not have to worry about spending 30 seconds defeating like mentars and cannons exactly every like <laughs> 10 seconds right yeah um and in terms of the versions i was very much the same way growing up i only had i only ever had one version it's, it's probably only in the past like few years that i've been like okay if i see a good deal on the other version that i don't have i want to pick it up okay um but yeah i never grew up having both versions of the battle network games i did have the the Mega Man battle network 5 double team ds the ds version that came with both team oh, kernel gotcha. and proto man and it always irked me that they never did that for battle network 6 but yeah it was the, the twilight years of both the series and um the gba but um yeah oh good no oh i was to say i i tried to get into battle network 5 ds or double team ds and the reason i didn't and i fully admit i'm a bit of a mega snob and that is because i always watched the rockman exe anime subbed and i'm not i'm not one of those mm -hmm. people like all anime sub never dubbed there are great dubs out there but for me Mega Man.exe is he has to sound like a kid. He's supposed to sound like a kid. And so you don't you know, like you play, Mega Man? I can't do it. And and no <laughs> hate to the actor. He's incredibly talented. But for me, I don't when I think of Mega Man.exe, I don't think of someone who sounds like me. It was fun getting to mm -hmm. do that little exchange at the beginning, but even as I hear myself, I'm like, that's not what Mega Man is supposed to sound like. He's yeah. supposed to sound extra sound like that, sure. But classic Mega Man and EXE are supposed to sound like kids, and I just couldn't do it for that reason. Yeah, oh, I hear you. I hear you. Um, but with Mega Man Battle Network three, when I asked you what Battle Network games like really interested you, what you really gravitated towards, you obviously said Battle Network three. So, what is it about Battle Network three that like really grabbed a hold of you stronger than maybe any some of the others? Like, what do you really love? about battle it's, network three it's so hard because like two and five also really grabbed me as well and mm -hmm. i know i mentioned that to you i think three for me it just felt like such a it felt like such a proper and and well-considered culmination of all the events that were leading up to that game like this is this is a game where yeah if you want to dive in with battle network three you can mm -hmm. but if you're playing if you if you're coming from having played battle network one and two the way the story coalesces at the end and, and the way it all comes together is really gratifying and rewarding. And it strikes a really nice balance between feeling kind of like a Saturday morning anime, but also dealing with some surprisingly heavy themes, kind of like Battle Network 2 did as well. Yeah. Um, and, and then, of course, Battle Network 2 took it in a weird way with that wild localization. <laughs> but uh, Battle Network 3, you know, kind of reined in the chaotic localization a bit, but still was not afraid to deal with some some surprisingly heavy themes for what is ostensibly a kids focused game or a teen focused game mm -hmm. and it's just but then it also gameplay wise you know as much as i love the style change system from two it felt a little underbaked where with battle network three you then have the introduction of the navi cust you know the mm -hmm. system and i thought that was just the coolest way to kind of be be able to further customize Mega Man according to your own play styles yes. and kind of what you wanted to emphasize in his skills and it just kind of felt like that's when the extra systems layered on top of the standard battle system really started to come into their own and coalesce into something that didn't feel a little bit underbaked mm -hmm. like the style change system did in 2. Yeah, I totally agree. This was the first... Battle Network 3 was the first one where everything really started to click and it stopped feeling quite so much just like a 
a Mega Man game with a bat with with a card system. Yeah, like with you, like you said, with the Navi customizer, you had the ability to adjust Mega Man. Like that's where you did a lot of your customization with Mega Man stats. You could really play around with that system where you could like there's a risk reward element with uh causing like bugs in Mega Man to appear which might give you which would give you different debuffs at the start but then could also potentially power you up you also then had those special passwords that you could input to give you further um enhancements at the risk of bugs and like being corrupted you had you still had the different style changes um, but they expanded on those as well and kind of adjusted. But it was, it really started coming into that RPG feeling in Battle Network Three. I felt. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it did. You you said it well when when you said that it 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 got it finally stopped feeling like a Mega Man game with this card battling action battle system kind of on it, and and more became its own kind of having its own identity. And really being like, okay, this is what Battle Network is, and this is what sets it apart from just being a really cool, you know, action-ish RPG with a card battling system that uses the Mega Man brand. It really mm-hmm. felt like it had its own identity with three, uh, and and I think that would, you know, despite my issues with four, I think that would carry on through the rest of the series. Yeah, um, I loved the in the future games. I think it. Style change drops in three, and then they shift to like the Navi uh, cross system in four, right? Right. I believe that's the case. Yes. Um, which I I really love, but this was so in Battle Network three, you have the addition of the the big net battle term, tournament, the N one Grand Prix. That's basically the main stage of a lot of the being quote unquote narrative found in Battle Network three. And you're dealing with the return of World 3, led by Wily, who you, it was believed who he blew up in the end of the first game. Um, But of course he hasn't, and they are trying to, their, his operators or his terrorists, I don't know what the members of the W3 are called, but are sent to try and get these Tetra codes, which are supposed to unlock the the big bad alpha, um, that we talked about in the beginning and it just gets zany from there. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you mentioned early on um, that this definitely had some kind of more grown up themes and kind of messaging in plot points. One of the things that's always stood out to me is seeing the dynamic between Chad and his father, like trying to yes. gain his acceptance and going through that. What what are some of the big moments narratively that really um, spoke to you or that you remember fondly with Mega Man Battle Number Three? Well, definitely that what you were saying with Chad and his father that was, I, I would say, handled in a surprisingly grown up way with you know him him being kind of an absent father and Chad clearly being affected by that in in you know major ways. But I also like that it showed the growth and the maturity of of Lan and Chad as characters because the mm-hmm. N one Grand Prix kind of brought to bear their rivalry and kind of made it you know they the you know the other two the first two games kind of dance around the rivalry between land and shod and mega man and proto man but this really brings it to bear and it really you know you see these two clash in a way they haven't before but you also see them 
learn to have respect for each other in a way that they haven't before. And they understand what makes the other tick and why the other one is the way they are. And they're not just antagonizing to each other, but they're actually mm-hmm. developing a fondness and almost a brotherhood with each other that they, they just understand each other on a deeper level than maybe they did before. And I really, really enjoy that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also thought the, the, I still remember pretty clearly when I first beat battle network three. And that's one of the reasons I picked a part of the ending because I was shocked at just how raw the ending was and just how, I mean, they could have ended it there and not had that last minute, Hey, you know, it's actually going to be okay at, at the yeah. very end. You know, the, the game really makes you think that, no, Mega Man is gone. And Lan has to learn to move on, grow up, get himself out of bed, do his own homework, and really move on without his brother. And, like, it really, you, 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 you're you coping along with Lan with this feeling of loss. Like, mm-hmm. I love the character. I love Mega Man.exe. I never would have imagined that they would have played with the idea of him actually dying and sacrificing himself permanently. And I remember that really affected me deeply. And I was so relieved uh, when they didn't actually go all the way with it, but they almost did. And yeah, just the way the game really made, I guess, you know, I was, of course, a teenager when I played it, but probably Mm -hmm. 15 or 16. But, you know, I can imagine kids playing this and really being like kind of traumatized a little bit, like really having to face the loss of this. Wait, what's happening? Yeah. And, um, and I, I also remember that the plant man in scenario in particular really affected me just because, you know, a lot of this, a lot of the, you know, enemy Navi scenarios can get a little great design. I loved plant man's design. Yes, me too. And, and his design really reflects the real darkness of that scenario because, you know, a lot of the Navi enemy Navi scenarios can get a little campy Saturday morning mm-hmm. anime cartoonish, which is totally cool. But plant man, you've got him. He's he's taking over these the, you know, the systems of this hospital where people are on life support. In particular, this child I think is Mamaru, right? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. This child is on life support, needs the hospital network to work in order to live, and Plant Man has taken over this hospital network and literally threatening to end all these lives, including this child's life. And he's like a young child too. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, wow this game goes to, goes to some places and I really like it. I just wanted to fight things on the internet. Exactly, right? And the music, of course, also really reflected mm-hmm. just how dark and and unsettling that whole scenario was. Battle Network 3 soundtrack in general is just a real high point. In, in Battle Network life. had a yeah. baller. Like, the series as a the whole, whole series. a baller soundtrack. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... I Yeah, that Mamoru whole system and him like not wanting to go through the final surgery and just kind of give up which would inevitably cause him to die and yeah and having to kind of convince him no life's still worth living in between this net battling tournament it's it, it was a very stark dichotomy of tones uh narrative tones um here in battle network three that really created a interesting mix a memorable mix and i think Battle Network Three is still to this day held incredibly high uh, among friends of the fans of the series um, for many of those reasons. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And as I, in kind of touching on what I mentioned before, there the the way this game kind of uh, crescendos into bringing together all these kind of disparate pro- plot threads from the first two games is really interesting because you know Wiley comes back from the first game, but he also 
you know, kind of reveals that he was the one who manipulated Sean in Battle Network 2 into creating gospel. And then mm-hmm. Bass brought into that. And, you know, Bass is like this mysterious figure, optional figure in Battle Network 1. You fight a fake version of him in Battle Network 2, but then all that comes together in 3. And and I just love that they, and even in 2, the the post game is really the only way that you know that World 3 is still around. So they assume that you have played the post game in, in Battle Network 2 and and you if you have you get that extra bit of continuity like oh no they didn't just come up with us on the fly they had been mm-hmm. planning this even even as early as Battle Network 2 with the post game World 3 area and i just thought that was so cool yeah um and speaking kind of of like post games and stuff i love everything you needed to do like fighting serenade i love i always loved the challenge of tracking down and fighting the base in the games um all the giga chips it's there's so much you can kind of find and discover in these games and i think that's part of why i've i've just my love of this franchise has only grown i think as i've gotten older as i i've been able to appreciate more just how much they packed on these little carts back in the day um yeah. like i was i was looking um earlier today i installed honkai star rail on the my playstation 5 and it was like this game is 91 gigs like i want to go back to the days when <laughs> things like fit on a dvd disc or like a yep. game boy advance cart and it's like like mega man battle network these games are a perfect example so much game crammed into a cart that was like what 16 megabytes maybe yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, like so many people, I'm very much looking forward to the uh, impending release of Spider-Man 2, very much. But I'm also know it's like 80 gigs or 90 gigs or something. I'm going to have to delete like a bunch of games yeah. to make room for it. And I agree with you. That's one of the reasons I'm still such a big Nintendo fan, too, is because like the wizards over there at, at NCL are able to somehow have these gorgeous games like Tears of the Kingdom take up like five or six gigs or something. It's like ridiculous. It. it the way they're able to compress yeah. their file sizes over there while not sacrificing visual quality is relative to the, to the Switch's uh, hardware yeah. is amazing to me. And I love that you can actually fit a bunch of games on an mm-hmm. SD card on the Switch. Whereas, yeah, with a PlayStation or Xbox, you're always doing the the room-saving dance. Yeah. Well, I, I'm convinced Nintendo sacrifices cute, cuddly creatures to get... Like they that's, to, their, right? that's their secret in their compression techniques is that they sacrifice cute the, the cuter the animal the more compressed they can get it yeah um, is is my thought um but what were some of the kind of standout bosses because these games i think one of the standouts of any good battle network game or any battle network game are the bosses are there any in this game specifically that really like that's a good battle network boss Oh well, I mean, we we kind of already uh, already touched on him, but easily the the highlight for me in Battle Network Three is Plantman.exe. Mm-hmm. I I never thought that they could take, you know, one of the more I mean, let, let's face it, classic Mega Man Plantman is is pretty lame. <laughs> He's just yeah. kind of, I mean, and he also has a ter- you know, is has a crappy attack pattern. He's not threatening at all. His weapon's kind of silly. He's just he's kind of a non factor. He's kind of a dud in Mega Man Classic. But then they took him and made him badass and creepy and really uh verifiably evil mm-hmm. in battle network 3 and just made his design so sinister and i just never thought they could take such a silly design with plant man and do that and and redesign him in such a convincingly menacing way so for me mm-hmm. 
Plant Man is definitely the highlight of all the, the enemy navvies in Battle Network 3. Yeah. One of the bosses I always thought was really, really cool and had some unique, uh, like a unique look to him, very dis- distinct, um, was Desert Man. Well, oh, yeah. Like this almost like sandcastle, but this just never solid net navvy just cruising along. And you really have to like time your attacks so you don't get blocked by the hands. But then if you hit him with water based chips, like he'll freeze because he'll solidify for a brief time, giving you extra time to um, attack him before he starts moving again. It rewards you for customizing and really dialing in your uh, program for your chip folder to tackle the boss to make him easier. And I loved his unique design in this game but like you yeah. said plant man is also wonderful and king man kind of looks like smithy in the upcoming super mario rpg he does remake. actually that's a good point i never thought about that but you're right and uh, i mean of course this is an obvious answer but i think serenade to this day rem- remains one of the most unique most interesting striking boss designs in in yes. all of, not even just all of battle network but in all of Mega Man. period yes it their design does not look like a Mega Man character no it really doesn't and i I would also say the same for dark man dark man looks like he walked out of like a weird sci-fi or aliens movie i don't know he just doesn't look like a net navvy he just looks like something far darker and more menacing than most of the navvies you see throughout the series yeah it's um it's just i think they really landed and elevated the designs for a lot of the net navvies in in Battle Network 3. And honestly, I can't think of a bad design, especially like a redesign of classic Mega Man bosses. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I will say I'm not the biggest fan of Bubble Man. I don't dislike him, but I could take or leave that design. It's not like my favorite. But That's true, but I was never a big yeah. fan of Bubble Man in the classic games either, so I guess that Yeah, was... and that's fair. <laughs> But, like, outside of him, I mean, I kind of agree. Like, I mean, I'm looking through him right now. Flame Man, Drill Man, Flash Man all look really cool. I think on the whole, Battle Network did a really good job of repurposing classic boss designs and making them really new and interesting for Battle Mm -hmm. Network. I will always wish that Zero.exe showed up in Uh, a non-GameCube game. Like, have him be a special boss in, like, a more traditional Battle Network game, because his design is so menacing and cool looking i love it i do too and i I agree and i'll take you one further and i'll say that i wish they there had been some way for them to introduce an x.exe because as i'm sure i've told you before x is my favorite character of all time so just to see him battle network eyes just to see because they they, you know they what they did to zero as you said was so freaking cool Mm -hmm. i'm sure that what they could have done to x would have been just as cool and i would have loved to see it See, that would have been such a perfect, like, had Mega Man.exe sacrificed himself at the end of this, like, using that as a reason to, like, invent or, like, Lance Father to create a Mega Man dot, Mega Man X dot EXE, like, having a backup or something, or, uh, because you interact with Lance's grandfather, uh, yeah, in, in that lab, have, something that could be used like act like an x program or whatever that would have been so cool and it would have been, been so good it would have been yeah. perfect 
that would have been such a great but but i also feel like i mean given that capcom know they're making these games ostensibly for kids i think they probably figured that if they were going to continue they couldn't really actually Mm -hmm. go all the way with not continuing with this same character that everyone had you know grown to love and adore and trap and treasure yeah so you know it would have been as cool as that being the reason for a, for an introduction of a potential Mega Man X.exe, I think it just would have been too, it would have been over, uh, I guess, uh, clouded by yeah. just the sadness of not, of, of actually this Mega Man.exe not ever coming back. True. But man, it would be cool. What if, that what if, even yeah. like online, I'm, I'm not, I, I was hoping to see like some cool fan art of like a concept of it, but I'm not like, there's some I'm actually cool fan searching art, right now. I'm not searching I, yeah, I, right now. Yeah, I yeah. I see one that ba- it looks heavily based off of like Copy X from yeah uh, Mega Man Zero, um, which looks very good. But I'm seeing a lot of dive cross Mega Man dot exe. Uh, yeah. Speaking of, I love the design in Mega Man um, cross dive or Mega Man dive offline. That's, that's oh, cool. me too. Absolutely. Yeah, I I do as well. The the art the, is the best yeah. part of that game. Oh yeah, it really is. I was gonna say all the art in Mega Man X Dive. I could, you know, I could take or leave the game, but the art is just all top notch. Yeah, so so beautiful, so yeah. beautiful. Um, but yeah, it um, kind of talking about the because I I touched on it briefly in our hypothetical Mega Man X Exe scenario. I thought it was so cool to see that like old lab like the 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 startup in your your dad's basement kind of sci lab yeah um, that like was in so the past weird. scene and finding out about alpha and the guard program being like a digital version of dr light and dr hikari um, yeah so cool yeah with it being landon hub's grandfather and just having mm-hmm. that 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 image file locked away so deeply inside alpha and them getting to experience that and see that for themselves like Battle Network 3 really like really went went in on the lore as well like went in on the overall lore that would eventually be re-explored more in Battle Network 5 which I really appreciated mm-hmm. and I really really love that about it like it's just it, it really there's a there's a almost a Mega Man legend style uh level of mystery and, and yeah. genuine sense of mystery going on and, and behind the scenes in Battle Network that I that they they dole out piecemeal. They don't they don't give it all to you right up front. You really do have to play all six games to get the full picture of everything that happened in the past and all the mystery surrounding Mega Man's creation and and Tadashi Hikari and it's just it, it's a it's mm-hmm. a really just it's a really uh, satisfying mystery to kind of unwrap as you play through all six games. And that's you know I felt that way with Mega Man Legends as well. Unfortunately, we'll never get three, but I sure did feel that way about the first two games. Yeah. It's, it's just these games are just so special because like you I grew up like so in 2003 I was going into my sophomore year of high school I want to say um so I I, the first game probably came out when I was in eighth grade or something so I very much like you have fond memories like my summer vacation like the first game was my first purchased uh Game Boy Advance game and it when I think back to the Game Boy Advance, I don't know if there's another franchise or another game series I connect with more or like I attribute more to that system more than Battle mm-hmm. Network. 
Yeah, you know, I like uh, on the face of it, I don't know that there is either. I mean, I I really did truly love uh, Superstar Saga, but that of course is only mm-hmm. one game on GBA, and the rest is on other hardware. So, you know, I it, actually it's funny. I, I would say the only other series that I do kind of uh, associate with that era that I, that really left a major impact on me is Mega Man Zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would say Mega Man in general, both Battle Network and Zero, they left at the same time similar but also very different impacts on me. But they were both very impactful for me from that era. I just have to say, uh, as a brief side tangent, because you brought up Zero, I so desperately want a bridge series of games that take place and kind of showcase <sighs> the Cyber Elf Wars. Don't and we the, all. the fight from, like, the end of X to Zero. Like, give me that. Don't we all. I would love nothing. That and Legends 3, I would love nothing more. Mm-hmm. I want to see the Elf Wars. I want to see... X and Zero's first battle with Omega. I want to see X's final battle with Sigma when he uses the Mother Elf to finally, you know, delete the Sigma virus mm-hmm. for, for good. I want to see all of it. I want to play it all. It, it's man, it, there was such a shining glimmer of light, like after Mega Man Eleven was released, and it, it was so good. And then the Legacy collections were coming out. It's like, oh, are we? Is it, is it going to happen? Are we going to get more? And then another Legacy Collection released, and another Legacy Collection released, which, to be fair, I love all the Legacy Collections. I have right. all of them. I fall in love with them. And honestly, to see the Battle Network one selling so well and being so well-received gives me hope again. But it's like, where where's our new Mega Man again? It is genuinely so confusing. I don't get it. Because, like... You know, given the insight we got into what happened between why there was such a long, uh, you know, gap mm-hmm. between 10, 10 and 11, like looking but with the whole Inafune factor, I get it. It sucks, but I get it. With what's going on now, I truly don't understand because it felt like Mega Man was finally back, finally resurgent. Capcom believed in the franchise again, wanted to really double down on Mega Man again, not necessarily with annual releases, but still. Yeah. Mega Man would be active again. And they even said, oh, we're so happy with the sales of Eleven. Oh, we're so happy with the sales of the collections. Mega Man is a valued IP for sure. And then nothing. Crickets. And I truly, like, I mean, of course there's COVID and I, I respect that for sure. Um, but I, I just don't understand why we're seeing another gap again. I mean, I there was that, you remember the mm-hmm. Capcom Giga Leak from a few years ago or like two years ago? Yeah. So... One of the things in that Giga leak was, other than other than the uh, Rockman Tyson thing, Rockman Twelve was in that leak. It was supposed to come out at the at around the same time as Street Fighter V's final wave of DLC. Where is it? Mm-hmm. There's no Rockman Twelve. There's no Rockman Tyson. All we're getting is collections, and I just I don't understand truly. I'm I'm so yeah. mystified by what's going on right now. Like I don't want Mega Man to turn into like one of those just another yearly release series again. I don't want that oh. kind of return to yeah. the NES days or even Super NES days. I love the games, but if those super quick releases, those yearly quick turnarounds are what sent it spiraling downward for so long. I don't want that, but like man, do like a or even if they if they do do yearly, have it be like different franchises held by different teams kind of in a, a similar style as like a Call of Duty where you have like Treyarch, you have Infinity Ward, you have all the studios making new new entries, but they have a lot of time to work on them. 
do like one year a Mega Man game, one year a Battle Network, one year like a Legends style, so, or like every year yeah. and a half. But or every even every two years or something. Yeah, something. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. It it is a truly weird thing that that Capcom they're they're not really putting their money where their mouth is, where they're saying they're so happy with these sales, they're they're so happy with the state of the franchise again. Oh, you know, we we see Mega Man as a we know how valuable the franchise is to our fans. We want to make sure we do right by the fans, so we're taking our time. Okay, but you can only say that for so long until you have to like put up or shut up and like show something. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah. it's like man, dive on dive offline ain't it? Like I get it, no. it's got cool art, but no. And I know it's done pretty well, but. I don't want a mobile gotcha game of Mega Man. <laughs> yeah, same. I I really and I hope they get that. I I hope that that's not where this is going. I know there's mm -hmm. that uh, at the end of Mega Man X Dive offline, there was that extra teaser they added that like very post credit scene that could or could not, but is probably pointing toward an X Dive two. And I'm like, ugh, damn it. I mean, if they want to do that style, kind of that idea, go ahead, but don't build it as a mobile game and then shoehorn just like offline into right. it like the fact that they didn't even go so far to make the menus work with controller in that game that mm. it's still just touchscreen it's like no that's release them on switch like it would be a fun switch game even i'd check it out on switch yeah like re-add in the multi like the co-op aspect or something like it doesn't have to be tons of stuff but I'm just, I want, like, a good, I, and I don't want them to, like, overdo it. I don't want the Mega Man series to get, like, a Resident Evil remake treatment. Yeah, right. Give me, like, a Mega Man 11 style, like, a cool art style that captures kind of that cartoony aspect of whatever franchise they continue on with, and then just make it, like, a 40 or, I guess, $50 game, and then just, like geared towards the fans yeah I, I mean yeah me too they don't need to to completely reinvent the wheel i mean one you know is as much as i wish so many Mega Man games over the years hadn't gotten canceled one that i remain eternally grateful that did is that awful awful looking maverick hunter first person shooter which made yeah that, that design of x still makes me just kind of just want to just vomit a little in my gives mouth. me bomberman it's, zero vibes it was that's what awful. it always was yeah um, and so they don't need to do anything they don't need to reinvent the wheel i mean imagine if they did an x9 that kind of does what 11 did with the series art style and, and modernized it but mm -hmm. still kept it streamlined and but just made it modern and that could yeah. look amazing or if, if they went the sonic mania route and did modern pixel animation either snes or ps1 style yeah. That could be cool, but like they don't need to reinvent the wheel, and I don't think that fans mm -hmm. are asking for all that much. And I mean, there there was such a groundswell there under X for a little while because it just like with the soundtrack releases mm -hmm. and then X dive, like it felt for a while like X's time was finally something coming. was coming. X dive yeah. was gonna finally happen. Even even the uh, program for the concert in uh, or I think it's the booklet for the new soundtrack release or something said. X's fight is not over. Like it felt like something was coming, and then nothing did except for X dive, which isn't like even in a timeline. I don't think. Like maybe it's. Yeah, I don't know. It's, and I think there's so much 
room to explore. Like, I don't even want them to like create a new spinoff Mega Man game. Just like you have Classic, you have X, you have Legends, you have Net Battle Network, you have Star Force, you have all these versions. Don't just continue on with those. You have lore there. Just keep on going. Yeah. I, I don't know. I can't pretend to know what they're thinking. Yeah. I mean, I, I can imagine that given that it's been something like 17 years since X8, mm -hmm. I, can, I can see why maybe there have been some conversations like, well, can we really keep the lore going after 17 years and expect people who aren't hardcore fans to care? Should we just do a reboot? Should we do something like Dive where the story doesn't really matter? Like, I can see the bind that Capcom are in with, with Mega Man X now, but at the same time, just do something. I mean, I guess dive is yeah. something. I mean, do something that's more focused on the fans, I guess. I don't know. It's it's hard to say because, you know, at the end of the day, it's a numbers game. But, you know, Capcom, they're a, they're mm. a business. At the end of the day, they got to create what they, what they think is going to make the most money. And I get that. But yeah. then don't then say Mega Man 11 made enough money. We're happy with it. And then not do 12. Yeah. Like, what? What's going on? Yeah. Why? why? Don't tell us that. Yeah, um, exactly. But I just, like, imagine... Because I feel like pixel art is seeing such a resurgence right now with yeah. things like Octopath and all of the HD 2D stuff and the upcoming Star Ocean 2 remake or remaster remake, um, incorporating those beautiful vistas. Like I am at, like imagine like a Mega Man X style, like a PlayStation era X game or even like a Battle Network game using a kind of HD 2D kind of refined arts like very stylized art style oh god yes you know and it's and so many more games are done like have incorporated the the deck construction aspect like a slight like slay the spire you have um two steps from eden i think it's called which is right like the very the roguelike Mega Man ex game um on steam and everything like those are so much fun and i think people grasp it more and to that point along to that point along with how well the battle net they toted the battle network collection selling i think people would really gravitate to a battle network 7 um and i think you could even if you did like a time jump where the next battle network you're like lands sun or whatever playing his patch uh, and like yeah, new, playing yeah. his patch cuz they had at the Battle Network release, or it was an anniversary, they did a manga, right? Where they did they, they tease it, right? Yeah. Um, let's follow that, you know. Yeah, you know, and and I will say something tells me that maybe they actually will, or maybe might do that, just because you know I think even they were surprised by the breakout mm -hmm. sales of Battle Network Legacy Collection. So I actually could see them re responding to that with like, hey, you know what? Let's make a new game. Like we mm -hmm. said, this is the end, but. Maybe it's time for a new generation, and you know, of Battle Network games, or at least one new game, because I mean, even compared to something like Eleven, Battle Network Legacy Collection killed it. Since oh yeah. Was. So I wouldn't be surprised if even if we never do see Twelve, or if we don't see Twelve for a long time, X Nine maybe ever, I could see Battle Network Seven or some new Battle Network timeline series happening. Yeah, here's hoping. Here's yeah. hoping. I sure do hope so. I I do hope we get a Star Force Legacy Collection because I know it had its kind of it wasn't as good I felt as Battle Network, but I still have fond memories and I do enjoy the Star Force games. You know, I did too. They they took a little time to get their to get their 
stride going. Um, yeah. But it, it's a shame that the, the series ended right as it really found its footing. Because I think, you know, one was okay and two was pretty good, but three was excellent. And, and it's so expensive right now. Three is so, it's such a legitimately great game. And the series, unfortunately, just ended right as it was really finding its footing and getting mm-hmm. into its stride. Mega Man, Battle Network, we want you back. Yep. Please, please, Capcom, bring Mega Man, Mega Man X, Mega Man Legends, Battle Network, all those good blue bombers back to us in not mobile gotcha forms. Um, also, while you're at it, Breath of Fire, please. Thank you. Love you. That would be nice, too. And Okami, Okami. <laughs> let's not forget Okami. Yes. Let's get that in there, too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And like a normal Onimusha. That like, would be cool. Yep, I'm, yep. Yeah, you have all the money now, Capcom. Like, you were knocking things out of the park left and right. Like, sprinkle some trickle-down gameonomics. Yeah, throw, throw some uh, some bones to the rest of us out here exactly. that are not, you know, only about the big, big, big franchises like Resident Evil and, and Monster Hunter and what have you. Don't invest in Exoprimal. Invest in Mega Man. Exactly. <laughs> I, I That's what's so funny. Exoprimal, like, as is, is wacky as the concept was, you would have to know that they would think that a all they had to do was name it dino crisis exactly yeah ah i don't know capcom are are weird and mysterious and they're yeah true story at least they're better capcom now than they 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 used to be in the early 2000s or like late early 2010s i think is when they really started getting wonky Ash and I are not the only ones that love Battle Network 3 and the Battle Network series, so we are going to go around the web. We are starting off with user Reapy Cakes uh, from Reddit. I think the, for me, the biggest memory I have about the game is discovering the secret area. Having played no other Mega Man game and discovering this was huge for me. The secret bosses were tough as hell. Oh, and don't get me started on trying to defeat the time trial. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, even if it's not my own biggest memory about the game, it is certainly one of the major ones. And yeah, mm-hmm. that that secret area did not play around. You had to really work to mm-hmm. get into that fight with Serenade. Yes. And just a quick aside, because I forgot to mention it, this game has perhaps one of my favorite moments from the entire Battle Network franchise, when Mega Man just hauls off and chucks his P.E.T. and Mega Man at the oh. dude about to stab Chad's father and just says, Mega Man, attack. Isn't that Mr. Match who's going to stab him? Uh, yes, someone I else. Okay. That, that guy or the one in the, the cowboy hat? who kind of Oh, it's the guy in the cowboy hat. Feet. It is him. Yep. Yeah. That is, yeah. That, um, I love that scene so much. I had forgotten it was in the game, and I remember seeing, like, an animated gif of it, and I was like, wow, some sprite artist really went to town, that's great, and then re-watching and kind of dabbling in it in the Legacy Collection, it's like, holy crap, that was actually in the game. Yep. And, you know, and, and something I'm surprised that Battle Network 2, or the Legacy Collection didn't do, was, was change the localization at all in yeah. Battle War 2, because like I said, as we all know, that was a <laughs> chaotic, it's, it's probably the best way to describe it. I still can't believe they got away with the stuff they did in that game. True, true. Yeah. Want to take the next one? Let's do it. Oh, okay, let's see. The, oh, I'll read it out. Okay, cool. So this one comes from uh, Slashman HD on Reddit. Uh, I'm actually making a video on Battle Network 3 right now, and the highlight of the game for me has to be the N1 Grand Prix. 
the knockout gas to replace everyone's folders, the losers have pitfalls under them, <laughs> the reveal of Net Battle Q's identity, which actually shocked me, and of course, the funniest moment of the series with Land's super attack. Yeah, I... Mm -hmm. Yes. All, yes to all of the above. I mentioned earlier about how much I loved the N1 Grand Prix as a fixture, a major fixture in Battle Network 3's story, and you just highlighted all the reasons why. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Next up, we have user Hernyani uh, from Reddit. They say, for me, the biggest highlights of the game were the N1 Grand Prix, climbing the undernet ranks, and the secret area. The Mamoru arc deserves an honorable mention. Yeah, that was a big surprise, finding out Mamoru and his connection to everything. And Yeah, I really, I mean, I, that's, I, that's why I mentioned that scenario earlier, mm -hmm. because it really stuck out with me, especially, and also with Plant Man being such a really dark evil villain compared to his original form in classic and uh, and also yeah I, I had kind of forgotten about climbing the undernet ranks but yes i remember really enjoying that as well yeah having to track down and getting or mega man kind of getting bum rushed by the sixth fifth and fourth ranks and right having to stop yeah that was it was fun times i wish it, there wasn't quite as much uh random exploration to try and track everything down in this game sure and i and i think that's a a kind of a common complaint with a lot of the battle network games in general just kind of the arbitrary padding um yeah. that these games have of okay i'm gonna just magically teleport away and then you have to go to like a zoo and talk to an animal or like there was a lot of padding there there definitely was right. a little bit a little bit too much padding and a little bit too much fetch questing especially yes. with the high encounter rate in these games for sure Yes, and the fact that you can never skip the tutorial battles in the beginning no, of these can't. games. That's so true. Yep. Anyway, on to happier things. You're up next. All right, this one comes from Net Operator Wibby from Reddit. Uh, one of my fondest memories is absolutely destroying my best friend in net battles. He prioritized raw power while I focused on strategy. He'd get good hits on me, but end up fizzling out because his chip codes were all over the place. I used to be on game FAQs heavy. I learned of one of the program advances, the one where Mega Man.exe splits into three and beats up on the opponent. My friend's face was a mixture of incredulous awe and anger. He immediately disconnected our GBA SPs as I laughed at him, triumphant in yet another victory. He then found a game shark and restored to cheats for cheesy wins before getting serious about strategy when I told him he never beat me legit. Another fond memory is, is discovering the secret area. I just got chills typing that. I would run around the safer parts of the net, scrounging up Zenny before buying unlockers and heals before embarking on a secret area run. Scary stuff, but also rewarding. Uh, this was so fun to read because, unfortunately, I didn't have any friends in, back in the day that played Battle Network like I mm -hmm. did. They just didn't care. Uh, in fact, they they often just made fun of me for how much how much of a Mega Man fan I was. They're like, <laughs> oh, it's not that big a deal. I'm like, it is to me. So I didn't really get to have that experience of playing uh, of having net battles with friends. So I, I felt like I was kind of living vicariously through mm -hmm. you and uh thank you for that story because i i i love the rage quit i love your friend's rage quit when you hit them with that program advance <laughs> that's fantastic yeah and i love the and that goes back to the added strategy if you want to of your, your folder management and everything but i totally forgot like these games had like a very early form of achievement system as well because you get the little stars next to the continue icon stuff on the title screen whether you like beat the game and then you can collect all the battle chips and then there's a couple other criteria, but you get these cool little colored stars on the main menu. Yep. Good times, good times. 
And lastly, we have go user Golden Golden Latias152 from Reddit. Before the battle like before the Battle Network Legacy Collection came out, I 100%ed both versions, including being Alpha Omega twice. Uh, twice. The ending hits harder after after going through everything up to that point, so it was so satisfying when it was all. Good yeah. On you. Good. Uh, that's an incredible uh, job there because I can't. I I never 100%ed either version really, so I can't imagine 100%ing mm -hmm. both versions. Uh, and beating Alpha Omega twice. So, yeah, hats off to you, because that is a really seriously incredible achievement. Very. Bravo, bravo, Golden Latias. You deserve yeah. that golden status. But thank you to each and every one of you who's uh, submitted your favorite memories. Uh, we really appreciate it. As always, down in the show notes, you can find links to the subreddit where you can share your own favorite memories with us from Battle Network 3, and I can't wait to read them. Now, after hearing Ash and I and all the others talk about how good this game is and how much we love it, you might be wondering to yourself, man, where can I get my own copy of this? Well, we are here to help you with that. First off, as we've kind of mentioned throughout recently, early a few months ago, I think it was actually back in April of this year, April of 2023, Capcom released the Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection, which paired all the game, well, you could get Mega Man Battle Network 1, 2, and the two versions of 3 in Volume 1, and then the rest of the games in Volume 2, or just have them all together in a double pack. Um, that currently is going for about between $40 and $50 on Amazon. Um, individual versions, or the individual volumes, will cost you between about $30, $35. Now, if you want the original carts, um, you will be looking at, for Game Boy Advance, for Mega Man Battle Network 3 White, a loose cart price is currently running at about $15. Um, a complete in-box price is, will net you about $90. And if you happen to be looking for a new in-box, uh, you're looking at about $240 Oof. for Mega Yeah. But <laughs> that's, that's like big. sealed and everything, yeah. so I kind of get it. Um, but Battle Network 3 Blue... Um, loose cart price is $20, so a little pricier than Battle Network 3 White, but it also does have slightly more features, uh, a little extra content over White. Um, but the complete in-box price is about a dollar cheaper, and also a, new, the, a brand new in-box sealed price is cheaper as well for about $220. So all these prices are coming from pricecharting.com. Um as of this recording on uh, October 18th, 2023. So obviously it could be slightly different, but honestly your best bet will be to pick up the Legacy Collection on yeah. Steam, Switch, PlayStation, and I don't think this is on Xbox. I Yeah, unfortunately it isn't. I, they, some of these releases are, are missing Xbox. Square Enix has been doing that recently as well, like with Theater Rhythm, Final yeah. Bar Line and such. It's a bit of a shame. It's weird, especially because um, at least the X collection was also on Xbox. It was, right? So, yeah, I don't... I, I, I imagine that a lot of developers probably feel like there isn't as much of an RPG audience on Xbox, which is arguably true, but it's still a shame because I know there yeah. are Xbox owners who would like to play these games. True, true. Now, let's say you have grabbed yourself a copy of either Battle Network 3 White or Blue and you want some tips or advice, well, Ash and I are here to help you with that as well. 
So, Ash, do you have any tips or advice you could give to brand new net battlers? Yes. So, uh, I your your tip has a little bit more to do on the pure gameplay end of things. So, I, I would say mine is a little bit more, a little bit gameplay, but more about world building. This is one of those games where there's so much detail in the world, and that applies to all six of the games. Examine everything. There is so much flavor text that will bring a smile to your face, add context, add just a little bit of humor to all the things going around. And even if things don't, even if you discover things that don't have anything, you know, that don't have a power up hidden in them or anything like that, they'll still have flavor text. It'll just build the world out just that little bit more. And literally everything can be examined and it'll have its own unique text. And also talk to NPCs multiple times. Like after every major story event, every NPC will have something new to say. So there's a lot of extra world building and details in these games for those who are interested and willing to go take the time to look for them. And you'll also find HP memories in a lot of this stuff too. So an HP memories add to your max, uh, add to Mega Man's max HP. So you're also, you know, rewarded sometimes for doing this as well. There you go. And for me, we had talked a bit about EX codes and chip numbers um, online. These are special. So in Higsby's shop, you have these special uh, things that you can, or like gotcha capsule machines, kind of whatever, but for chips that you can input a password and they'll give you a chip. Um, and also the passwords that can further boost Mega Man. Um, those are the EX codes. So there are plenty of resources like these online along with for program advances, which are super special combination or super special battle chips that you get by inputting an order of normal battle chips, specific battle chips in a specific order. And they can be really helpful in tackling the tougher encounters, particularly the special and secret boss fights or like base and the higher levels of the net navy fights. So check those out. Uh, you can get them. They're, they're all over the place. We are on to one of my favorite moments of every episode, the monster or enemy of the week, or I guess in this case, virus or net navy of the week. So Ash, what virus or net navy are you entering into the arena this week? Man, well, I guess I, at the, at the uh, risk of sounding uncreative uh, or, or dipping from the same well, I was thinking Plant Man because he's my favorite from Let's three. Let's go! Yeah, I, I was thinking, you know, if we're sticking with three for this episode, it's got to be Plant Man for me. Yeah. So I, I guess we've talked a lot about Plant Man, but give us one final thought, like what makes Plant Man so awesome? Uh, I mean, I, again, I think it's just the, the massive gulf in uh, just design between classic Plant Man and PlantMan.exe, where, you know, where the first one is just this like bumbling oafish, just kind of, he just kind mm -hmm. of doesn't really serve a purpose. His weapon... His, the plant barrier, it's its a worse version of other barrier weapons. There's really not a whole lot of reason for it to exist. There's so many other cooler weapons Plant Man could have had. Literally, his whole attack pattern is he jumps, throws a plant barrier, jumps, throws a plant barrier, repeat ad nauseum. He's so easy to beat. And he just doesn't, he never comes off as menacing, in, even in the slightest. Whereas Plant Man.exe, this dude is ready to murder children, literal small children to achieve his aims and take down the life support system of an entire hospital not just killing children but everyone in it and it's like what and, and of course the music for his dungeon really reflects that it's mm -hmm. very very dark very uh creepy and almost like 
it almost feels like feverish in a way like yeah. you're like almost like you're experiencing the sicknesses of all the people who are depending on you to you know stop plant man from disconnecting the life support system the whole it's it's very i don't know yeah. it's hard to explain but it's just very dark and not at all what i would have expected from a plant man redesign 100 percent, 100 percent. so for plantman.exe you fight him as we were mentioning in the hospital his version one his original version comes with a thousand health when you fight the v2 version it's 1300 v3 is 1700 and the sp or special version of Platman that you can stumble upon has 2100 health he uses his attacks include a leaf shield uh with thorns that shoot out at you he can summon flowers that confuse you but if you just keep hitting him with fire chips uh you'll deal more damage because fire deals double damage um to get plant man um just the base plant man chip you have to be plant man with a rank of four to seven for plant man v2 chip you have to beat plant man v2 or v3 with an s rank for v3 you have to beat plant man v3 with an s rank uh to get the plant man v4 chip you have to beat v3 with an s rank in under 20 seconds with team style and to get plant man v5 you have to simply beat plant man s so get them fire chips cranking and uh, take down this, uh, this this planty boy. That is going to do it for another episode of RPG University. Ash, thank you so much for joining me. This was such, such a good time. I'm so glad we were able to finally uh, to nerd out together. Oh, absolutely. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much for the invite. And like I said before, thank you again for your incredible patience. I know it took a little while to get this together. So thank you so much for being so patient with me. And I'm so glad we were able to do this. I've had a blast. Uh, the best things take the most time, you know, patience. So true. It, it, it's a great reward. But where, more, more importantly, where can people find you online? What do you have cooking? Go ahead and plug all your stuff. Well, uh, you can find me most often. I'm, I'm the creator and, and a partner of Good Vibes Gaming, and that uh, there are six of us. And basically, we are the uh, old Game Explain crew reunited under our own banner, our own brand. So uh, check us out. We're, we're, of course, on YouTube. That's our main platform, youtube.com slash at GVG. We do reviews, previews, features, streams, podcasts, all that stuff. And we cover games from an angle of inclusivity and kindness and compassion and creating a safe space for marginalized communities to share their love of games because gaming is for everyone and we push back against that mentality that there should be any sort of gatekeeping or or anything like that gaming is for anyone and we want people from all backgrounds to feel safe in sharing their love of games with other people who share that same passion so check us out there on youtube we're on patreon we're on twitch uh, you can find us everywhere. Our, our two of our partners, Daniel and Brandon, they, they stream multiple times a week on our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash official GVG. And we are also on Patreon, where if you support us for just $1 a month, that gets you into our Discord community. And it is the kindest, most nurturing, most supportive gaming community on the entire internet, as far as I'm concerned. Our community reflects our own values of inclusivity, and it's just supporting us at $1 gets you into that community, and that's it. So... Uh, yeah, please do check us out on all the above. Uh, you can find me personally on Twitter uh, at Ash Paulson. I refuse to call it X because X is my favorite character, not 
Elon Musk's fever dream. So you can find me on Twitter at Ash Paulson, A-S-H-P-A-U-L-S-E-N, and follow me for tweets about video games, video game music, dogs, and food. And that's pretty much everything that I tweet about. Hell yeah. We know what we're fighting for. Really quick question. What would Good Vibes Gaming NetNavi be? Oh, man, that's a really you have, good question. You have to, well, you know, we, we have one kind of off a, the top of the, your head, and it, it, a custom one, we, we not have, like one from the game. We have a, a kind of a rainbow aesthetic for a lot of our branding because, you know, like to kind of mm-hmm. reflect our support of like LGBTQ plus rights and, and gamers from all different stripes and backgrounds. So I would say rainbowman.exe. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Well, your stuff is fantastic. You all are so always so kind and so great to talk to at conventions i look forward to being able to do it again in the new year um but great wonderful talking to you ash and thank you to each and every one of you who has listened today be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service as i would really appreciate it if you have an rpg you would like us to feature on an episode tweet at underscore rpg university with the hashtag rpgu with your suggestion or you can share your own favorite RPGs directly with me on Twitter at Professor RPG, also on Blue Sky. As always, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind in one another. Jack in, class dismissed. <laughs>